0: Mel Tempest is known as a fitness business influencer, hands-on health club owner, ebook author, and presenter. Mel has known to be controversial, challenges the status quo, and lives outside the square. Her skill set is current on trend, savvy, and in demand. Her primary goal is to get more health club owners moving towards innovation, technology, and social media success. Her own success comes through tough and humble beginnings. Mel Tempest now. Sends to you the Gym Owners Podcast. More than just the business of fitness. Proudly supported by National Fitness Business Alliance.
1: Good morning, it's Mel from the Gym Owners Business Podcast and this morning I'm speaking to Thomas Plummer. Thomas Plummer has been working in the fitness industry for over 30 years. He's the front of more than 5,000 people a year through numerous speaking engagements, lectures and workshops worldwide. Thomas Plummer is probably the most influential person working in the fitness industry today. Good morning, Thomas.
2: Good morning, thank you for having me.
1: You're welcome, Tom.
2: So considering you're up and early over there, I I, I appreciate it even more because you probably (laughs) you've been up a long time this morning getting ready for this one. So thank you.
1: I have. I have. But that's okay. So let's get stuck straight into it. So since we last spoke, a lot's been happening in the industry and you've been to the UK. So what's happening in the UK at the moment with functional and boutique clubs and studios popping up?
2: Uh, It's crazy there. I've been there five years in a row. Uh, And each time I see a new generation of owner that just gets better and better. The guys coming in now compared to even five years ago, I think many of them are so far down the line compared to what they used to be there. Um, We're seeing the first advent of some serious business guys coming in that are not just good coaches, but they're actually people that look at this as a business. They're emulating a lot of the best practices from Uh, the business platform that I teach, for example, but they're looking at other great coaches around the world and bringing in the, you know, they're getting some business sense about it. It's just uh, the market's on fire over there. But the the, the type of gym that's being opened, who's running them, the the results, uh, it's just, it's like they've made up in five years, they've made up 15 years of lost ground. It's amazing. The growth there is phenomenal. And it's all in just that one you know that really solid, good training gym format. It's just—it's—it's just—it's—it's it's hard to keep up with it. It's going so quickly.
1: So why do you think that is?
2: The uh, <laughs> well, I would like to think—I you know—self-serving is. I would like to think, I, you know, <laughs> is, like to think it's, I've been over there five years, but I—I uh, I think they're getting exposed. they're I—I I think it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of a bigger issue that I think there's guys over there now that are starting to do real numbers. Um it's, it's like the analogy I use in the workshops a lot. It's 1956. No one has ever ran a four-minute mile. But here's Roger Bannister, and he steps up, and he, he runs it. There are doctors standing on the track thinking he's going to die, that he would go so fast that his organs would just shut down. And there's just no one could believe that any human being could do this. So he runs it, and he smiles, walks off the track. He's all good. And within that same 12-month period, nine more guys had ran it. And it's so there, somebody was waiting for somebody to go first. And I think now that there's enough role models where guys can emulate the success of some of these other coaches that have been in the market over their five years and are a little ahead of the rest of them, they're going, hey, this works. These guys are making money. I, I can see that there's guys that, you know, are no longer doing these little, uh, 200 meter, 2000 square foot gems that there's guys now doing three, five, six, eight thousand 8,000 square foot gems. So, you, know, you see, eight, your first 800 square meter gems, it's just incredible to do that. And so these guys are making money and they're making it as exclusively in the training business. They're charging uh, over there somewhere between 250 to 300 pounds per month, many of them. And they're validating that the client will buy this in many of the markets in the UK. And as soon as these guys cracked it and went first, everybody jumped in behind it. And now there's there's belief that this can be done. And you're just seeing a surge of these guys coming in. It's just – and it's uh, – and they're successful. Many of them, even compared to their old guys, like the guys in Ireland, there's a lot of really good owners there. But they were very small gyms. And it was kind of not against – it was against the culture to kind of be successful in that environment. Yet within five years – there's probably 30 guys or more just working around Ireland that have very successful training gyms. They're literally doubling the revenue as they did a few years ago. Um, the belief system has a lot to do with it. These guys believe they can be successful, should be successful, and they are successful.
1: What do you think the underlying issue is here in Australia? Because it hasn't taken off
2: yet. I think the hesitation there is the, the, the mainstream gyms, they still have uh, the illusion of dominating there that that's still the way to go but i think you see the cracks already starting to form there that that's uh, i don't think that's going to be as sustainable as they hope uh, in that market i think you see some of those guys struggling some of the major chains are selling to each other i think you're seeing some guys getting replaced guys struggling guys failing i, I think it's a little tougher than it was and i think they're starting to feel that i think in many ways the illusion of power that these guys have had have kept a lot of people away from that that smaller market, but that first generation owner I believe is there, and I believe guys like um, people like you, like Dan Henderson, guys are over there starting to show that these small gyms can be very profitable and that they can be done correctly. And as soon as you get those first couple dozen breakout gyms, they 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 take they just go, and um, they won't be franchise gyms. They're going to be independents, and you'll see guys with one two three four five gyms and. I think you'll see this breakout, and I think it's starting to happen there. There's better owners, I think, forming up there. I I get better questions. I'm seeing some of them come over for our workshops. I I just think it's time to happen there. It just may be a little bit of delay, but I do believe it's happening there, and I believe it's going to come pretty strong in the next couple of years.
1: I tend to agree with that, Tom. So tell me, uh, the biggest game changer in the fitness industry since we last spoke. So we haven't spoken for about four or five months. So what's the biggest game changer in the U.S. since then?
2: Uh, I can, I'll give you two different looks at that. Uh, The first one is one that most people don't think about is somebody had to go first. If if you, if you look back through the the training industry for the last 15 or 20 years, trainers were always secondary folks. They, they worked in the mainstream gyms. They didn't get paid a lot. They were clipboard cowgirls. They'd have, you know, the people on circuit training and just a lot of the same type of training that goes on in Australia now. And in the last five years, and I'm saying five because that could be even longer, but that's to say about five years, there's a this new generation of owners and they're coming in that now are just they're they're so successful, but they they're showing people that you can make a living out of this. In fact you can be phenomenally successful doing this. So you see the the guys coming in at the gym level, like um I have a new gentleman I'm working with, Vince Gabriel. He's uh been with him about 3 years now and he's already grown out of a 6,600 square foot meter gym into something now uh, 10,000 and uh, he's coming with a, he'll be financially per square foot one of the more successful training gyms in the United States uh, next year. He there's he's he's shown that you can be a professional, you can be a master coach, you can be educated but also he's showing that, that there's a way to make an amazing amount of money doing this. And when those guys that used to be outliers, the Cosgrove, Frank Nash, Rick Mayo, a lot of the names that you probably have mentioned over the years, new guys like um, Justin Grinnell, like uh, Vince Gabriel, the new generation of guys coming in, they're showing that there's a professional class to this, that there's actually, this is a real business plan. It's not just a hobby in a small gym in the corner of an old plaza, that this is really a career and it's financially very exciting career. Also, the other side of that is you have guys uh, like um, uh, Charlie Weincroft is probably a great example. Uh, He is a a young up-and-coming guru. He's in his early 40s. He's one of the most respected coaches in the world right now, kind of replacing, you know, coming in, taking his turn beyond some of the older guys that are starting to do less in the industry. And here's a guy that speaks, that makes, uh, again, he's very successful naturally, doesn't own a gym, but just as a as a coach, as a mentor to other coaches for their, you know, working with them on what they think and believe and how they coach. And he's a guy that there's a generation of those guys that are in that now show that this is also a professional um, status too. So I can be a professional owner and make more than mon- money than anybody ever believes you could make. But I also have a generation of guys like this coming in where the role models for the coaches, where I'm not this poor coach, Trying to you know make forty thousand dollars a year scraping by teaching workshops where you can make a half million a year teaching workshops educating people building mentorships and you can and you have professional status you have books you have you know really well received uh, video content and where all of a sudden that guy didn't even exist five years ago so guys like Vince Gabriel. Justin Grinnell and these guys that do all of them do well over a million, some over two million a year in their gyms. And then you see guys like uh, guys like Charlie coming in that on the other side. So in, I think the biggest game changer is this has become something that is viewed as a professional with respect. The investors are respecting it. The numbers, the, the banks now are looking at this as something that's viable. It's something where I can say I'm gonna dedicate my career to this because, you know, my dad was a postman that made fifty thousand a year, but I could make four hundred thousand a year doing this. All of a sudden it's just it, it's possible it's it's become a cool field to be in. And this is where the cool kids wanna hang out, so to speak. Because it's something that's been validated as is a great place to make money, make a living, change the world. Um and when it became that kind of image, I think it just it just rocked every place in the world right now. So uh, most of the places I travel, it's just shocking in the growth in the last three to five years.
1: All right. So, Tom, two top two trainer coaches that people should be following on social media. Who would you suggest?
2: Depends what you're chasing. Um, so you're if, speaking uh,
1: about Vince and you're speaking about Charlie. So we've got some trainers upcoming in the industry. They're looking at going into their own business. Who, who are the two top people they should be following?
2: Well, I can't give you two. I'll give you more because okay, I just can't go stop for it. that. But for uh, If I was uh, on the coaching side of this, up and coming, I'm going to be looking at uh, Charlie Weingroff is just a given. Uh, If you're following people in nutrition, I'm going to follow John Berardi, Precision Nutrition. I think he's a rock god. He's just one of the best in the world at what he does, if not the best in the world. I like how he thinks about coaching. Uh, Josh Henkin is coming up. I really like his stuff. I like how he thinks about training, how he coaches. He's a name probably nobody's heard from, uh, heard about, but he's doing some wonderful work. Um, and how he thinks about coaching is pretty amazing. If you follow social media, a couple of places to look at to, to emulate for your business there's a, a training gym in New York State in our country. It's called Results Driven Fitness System. And how he's marketing is very unique. In fact, I'm going to be teaching a lot of that um, in, when I get there in April this year because it's it's we've come up with a, a very different way to market, and it's proving very successful. So if I'm following social media and trying to learn how to market my gym, I would go to Results Driven Fitness Systems. I would look at his Facebook, Instagram, and website. Those are the only thing that matters. I would go to Seacoast Kettlebell, um, and that's in a place called Dover, New Hampshire. And again, I would look at his Instagram, Facebook, website, because these guys are doing some very, very unique ways to bring gyms in. Both gyms are very successful. Both gyms are really starting to kick it. Uh, One's a little longer down the line. The Seacoast is a little older and further down the line financially. The other one's a little newer, but still they're growing and growing very well. So those guys, if you follow social media, those are two very, very exceptional sites, Um, and I I like those. Uh, A coach to follow about his thought process on coaching and his gym would be Justin Grinnell. He has a gym called State of Fitness. And uh, he's uh, doing um, how he writes about coaching, some of his articles. He's got quite a bit in depth, and he's well-respected, writes for some of the major magazines over here. But he also runs a very successful gym. Uh, The newer guy I mentioned, Vince Gabriel, I really like this guy. Uh, G-A-B-R-I-E-L-E, Gabriel Fitness in uh, our state of New Jersey here. But he's a sports performance slash uh, adult fitness facility, and um, he's writing some really nice articles. He thinks about coaching very deep, but he's also one of our better young business guys emerging over here. So I would definitely want to stay on tune with him and and watch what he's doing because I like the work uh, that he's doing. Um, a A coach, if you're a technical coach and you're looking for a very – um, the next generation of ways to make money is there's a woman named Ali A.L.I. Gilbert. She specializes in just people over fifty, men over fifty, and she's doing their training. But she's starting to do uh, a lot of hormonal work, uh, working with local doctors, uh, creating, you know, doing blood work panels on these guys, figuring out their long term issues, um, and she's doing phenomenally well. Um, and she's uh, uh fastly emerging as she's in our wealthier part of the country in the northeast and she's still emerging as one of the highest paid per hour coaches there. I think her work is brilliant. She writes well about it. Um so she's somebody that I would definitely want to follow. Um so there's a there's a I could keep going for another half an hour. So I just
1: I've got a great range of names there and what I'll do is, Tom, I'll collate them all together and I'll pop the links into the bottom of the podcast and that way we can get our listeners uh, onto the social media platforms, following and liking them, which leads me to the next question. Um, digital technology, what's the, what has impressed you the most in the last, the last few months? I know that you're an avid fan of my zone, but what else is out there that club owners and studio owners should be getting a hold of?
2: i'm almost going to go backward on that i think uh the bigger picture is there's a real transition now and it's something that i think all owners should think about going forward in the next 10 years is that single methodology gems fail and single methodology means it's like an old curves or um in many cases a snap there's um these franchises now that you know you go and you go in a circle like orange theory and you pop around for you know 50 minutes and go home and you come in and the workout changes but it's really the same stuff every week no coaching you're watching video the video with a coach attempting to help out uh there's a big surge for those now so but the first thing i was started with is those are not the answer Um, single methodology things based on like one gimmick, um, even CrossFit is starting to fade away in most of the world because the the market itself has just grown past it. It's just the, it's a single methodology. It's, it's built for a 24 to 40 year old market. Um, probably 89% of clients are always in that range. And over time, the client moves on. When your, your listeners said, one of the things I would highly encourage them to think about is the fact that it's just. When you're embracing technology, make sure that you don't confuse it with methodology. And so technology is something to help you be a better coach. Methodology is often thought of as something that replaces you as a coach. So even a kettlebell gym that used to be, oh, my God, you open a kettlebell standalone gym and that's everything you ever need. But it's not because the consumer, good coaches move in barbells and sleds and extra tools to support it. So any of that single methodology stuff ultimately fails and it usually has about a 12 to 15 year lifespan and it just goes away because the consumer just gets tired and moves on so the technology itself that's a whole different thing I still like the in my zone the the, the ability to use something like that as a coaching tool that I build it into the memberships the clients everyone has one I'm using it to just mandatory, you know, if you're going to be in this gym, wear it because I coach off of it. I think that type of technology that helps my retention and it also helps me be a better uh, coach um, and, and enhances my ability as a coach, I think that's very powerful. Uh, other secondary stuff that we're doing a lot of is uh, uh, things like in the the body comp things, using that as a validation system where, uh, I, I test, you know, test people, but I, I offer this every 30 days for all my clients because clients forget that you change stuff. You know, Hey, I've lost, uh, you know, 20 pounds here. And all of a sudden I forget that it's been six months. I've lost a lot of weight, but it's been six months. So I forget that. And so by using tools like, uh, like a uh, mind body, uh, technology, like a uh, functional movement screen, which is, a uh, Screening system where you're looking for, you know, pain, dysfunction, but you're also doing correctives to help the person literally move better. That type of technology helps me as a coach. I'm going to embrace that because it also helps my retention within my gym, helps my clients get better results so they stay longer and pay longer. So any technology I'm looking for is I've got to have it make me a better coach, but it also has to add to my business plan. So there's that type of stuff like precision nutrition that to me is a technology it's a it's a certification but it's a brilliant technology that it was going to help me keep clients longer in my system because I can have better talks about nutrition uh functional lumen screening that's something that helps me over time because I can I can do this uh, guys like Frank Nash you know 500 clients he offers this every uh 2 months on a Saturday, and anybody that can come in, any client can come in and get updated on this, and they just do screens all morning. And then they upgrade people, and they talk about their scores, and they give them stuff to work on at home. So the clients feel like they're always just not particularly in the gym. But here's a guy that cares enough about me that he's constantly looking at me, giving me new stuff to work on, but he's doing it with more of a medical approach, and it's just brilliant. So uh, that, that's the thing. It's just be, be careful. Be careful what you're really looking for. Understand that technology supports you. but methodology. Any single methodology, it's just not uh, – a lot of coaches, the best new coaches get hung up on, hey, I'm a CrossFit guy. Good. That's a good starting point. But how are you going to move to a master coach? And you're going to have 50 tools in that bag, not one. So stay, be careful. Methodology is not technology, but technology just helps enhances you as a client with your clients.
1: So, Tom, the, the average trainer, how do they sort this out for themselves? Sorry, because, you know, we're speaking about those that have been in the industry for a while and, and they're able to put these little packages together. But how, how does a young trainer do this? You know, you've got your in-bodies, you've got your my zone, you've got your functional movement screening. Where do they go to? How do they start it off? Because they're not doing it. They're throwing ropes and kettlebells and, you know, slosh bags into factories, etc., and they're they're setting up these mini functional training places and they think they're going to make an income out of it and they don't know where else to go to put the rest of the package together. And this is what we need to do. We need to educate the new guys coming through, not so much the guys that have been around for 10 or 15 years. How do we do it?
2: Well, the, the new guys coming through, my advice to them is that training is part of the business, but it's not the business. And that build it, and they will come. I'm a great coach. I can coach better than anybody. I'm going to get all my uh, all my tools and get them into this little space, and then people are just going to love me, and they're going to stay with me forever because I'm a great coach. That doesn't work. Uh, for one, you you. It's never about you. It's about your relationship with the client, the results you get for the client. So it, it's when you're in these gyms, it's not how you coach. It's it, can you can you build a team they can coach a large number of people over time and keep them clients. So a lot of guys get in these old gyms and they end up with 30, 40 clients. And then they work 70 hours a week and wonder why they never make any money because the entire business is based on one single personality and that doesn't work. So when I'm coming in here, my goal has to be as a business person. Do I have the right financial structure in this place? That's a, you know, how do I collect? How do I charge? You know, how is that, Am I appealing to a wider range of clients? You and I have talked about that before. You're you're, you know, wonderful if they call you to help you, have you help them with the levels and what we need to do in those gyms. But if I can get the business platform correct, then I apply the coaching tools. Um, I still have social media to bring in there, but then it still comes down to I fight so hard for these clients. How do I get the best results? So a yeah, business plan for these guys is maximum results, maximum clients, shortest period of time. So if I'm looking at tools, I'm evaluating every potential technology that I'm going to put in. Is it going to help my clients stay longer and pay longer? Is it going to help me as a coach do a better job with my clients? So if I'm looking at some franchise where it says, I'll do it all, and if you buy this, this is going to solve all your problems, it seldom does because that's usually good for the franchise. It's not really good over time generally for the owner, and and the client is probably last in line. So it's so I'm looking at when I buy something like uh, if I'm going to send a client to, or my trainers to functional movement screen, for example, to get certified, then I'm going to apply that that technology to the clients. My question is, will this help me do a better job and get better results for my clients? And will it help me keep clients over time? And if the answer is yes, that's probably a good starting point. But most young owners, especially in markets like Australia, it was like the UK a few years ago, this first-generation training gym, they're always too small. Uh, Everybody's terrified. They're always charging usually by the month, meaning I just charge packages and sessions. It's all one-on-one training, which is the least effective way to train anybody. And it's all about my personality as a coach because I think I can coach better than anybody. Every coach says that. In fact, you wouldn't be a very good coach if you didn't say that. But the, the, the reality is that there's a lot of good coaches. Australia is full with a lot of people that are decent coaches. And there are a lot of master coaches there, guys that are pretty well put together. So when these guys, the, the, as you get into this more and you look at your business, you, you have to move from one-dimensional into being multidimensional where you understand the business platform. You understand actually coaching, which is, is one of the keys, not the biggest or the only key. And you have to understand retention and support of the client. And so if I'm evaluating any technology, it's got to be, does it make me a better coach? Does it help my client stay longer and pay longer? And that, if you look at those criteria, there's a lot of shit out there you just wouldn't even consider buying because it doesn't do any of those things.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that, Tom. So obviously you're coming out to um, Filex in April. Will you be touching base on some of the things that we are spoken about this morning?
2: Philex this year just kind of threw out the rule book, which I'm was quite amazed at. I think it, it it speaks a lot for Ryan and Nigel and the people that Greg, the people that have always been involved with this. They pretty much this year just said, "What would you like to do? So I'm doing uh, four days of workshops there, starting with uh, I'm doing a pre-conference. I'm doing a six hour full business platform workshop. I'm doing some breakouts uh the last couple of days, talking about uh social media, for example as uh doing that as a standalone little you know one of the regular things held throughout the day uh, doing the keynote um so the the stuff that I put together there um I'm literally teaching our entire business platform with with emphasis on social media. And that's um, so people, the the young, the the, the new owners, the younger owners, um, I would encourage them to come. The best thing they can do is just literally the the pre-conference may not be their thing, but the six hour and the two breakout sessions, uh, I think, would be something that would really change the course of their business. You know, just because we're going to talk about what they need to be successful over the next five years. Um, and there's again precedent for that. Uh, again, I've had people in the UK that have been with me five years that are now the financially by square foot are the most successful gyms in the UK. So I'm very, I'm working with a couple of brothers over there. They own uh, five units. Uh, I just got off the phone with them today. They did more business this month in their five units than a couple of years ago we did all year in four units. <laughs> so it's okay. just. It's just it's phenomenal that the potential to break through, but the the thing is that they've kind of ignored the local guys and have tried to start to emulate the business platforms that the successful coaches here and in many places do. Um, just an interesting side note, I did a workshop in uh, Sao Paulo this uh, April. I hadn't been there for 10 years. So 10 years ago, I, in a city of 19 million, there were no training gyms, not one. Um this year, even in the little district where I was in, where the hotel was at, there were 15 different gyms in this district. Uh, Twelve of them were new generation training gyms. Twelve brand new training gyms in one district, and in this, it's just the the growth into that training thing. Once you get people started, you give them the tools, you get them motivated, um, they're good to go. I I think I, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a coach in Australia than there is now because I think the next Five years, um, Australia, New Zealand, uh, a lot of places in the Pacific Rim. If somebody was ambitious and really wanted to change, chase it, and stop looking at the other owners there, waiting for the next, you know, guy to be the next four-minute mile guy. Uh, you know, you just say, "Look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go first uh, and change it." What you've done, and Dan does, and a few other guys there. I think the market is wide open for whoever wants to go first and is going to create these gyms because I think the consumer will buy it because there's nobody doing it there very well.
1: It's... I agree with that, Tom. I think that uh, Australia is ready for a big change in the, the marketplace here and it is a matter of uh, who goes first. I think training gyms are going to take off uh, quite hugely I think um, the small studio boutiques here you know the, the functional training clubs where they're you know 250 square meters not even that big I think their time has had I'm seeing a lot of gyms closing down or going into liquidation um, here in the market at the moment and they're usually club owners that haven't jumped on just the basics of the change in the industry which is your basic social media your basic technology so I think there's a big marketplace here for training gyms and I think you being here in April will probably ignite a bit of that passion and you'll probably see people walk away from your workshops and uh, move forward to open some training gyms. Is there any last uh, few words before we close off this today?
2: Yeah, just uh, based on what you just said, I think uh, the next couple of years I would look for I would look for the chains as they get more competitive. And the rules changed about four or five years ago in Australia where – there was that gentleman's agreement where if you have a gym, I'm not going to open close to you. <laughs>
1: that, well, that doesn't exist.
2: <laughs> no, but it did. It did. And that was a real unwritten rule for a long time. I I talking to a lot of the chain owners and stuff. That's how they, they chose to operate. Well, those days are over. Now they're, it's, they're so much more competitive. Now they're they're really – that's gone. So your competition in the chains is going to lower the price. Because they're going to start to go with that, they're going to just they'll it'll it'll start to drop to the bottom because they're they're chasing that that type of client. Well, any civilized Western type country, um, Australia is a beautiful example. There's about two thirds of your folks there that are economic people. They're cheaper people. They like deals. They like you know two for one beer specials. They like all that type of stuff. But there's about one third of the population that are. People that appreciate a good meal, a nice bottle of wine, a steak—that they're, you know, they're—they'll pay a little extra. They really don't care so much about the price, but it's what they get for the money. That client's been ignored for a long time. That new—they're referred to here. uh, One of the better books I've read in the last ten years is called "The uh, 113 Million Markets of One." It talks about the states, but it could be applied to any Western-style country. But approximately one third of the people in your market are underserved, meaning they want to pay more to get out of those cheap gyms. If there's a gym with you know uh, 5,000 square meters and 50,000 square feet and there's uh, 6,000 members in that, there's a whole bunch of people in there that would pay a lot of money to get the hell out of that gym. Mm-hmm. They want to go to a little uh, 350, 400, 500 meter gym where – There's it's everybody's higher end. Everybody's with a good coach getting results. People are paying 150 to 500 pounds a month average or dollars a month average. And uh, the people are chasing this from a different angle. And nobody's actually recognized that this client is there. Uh, You can walk across the the bridge in Sydney by where we stay down by the convention center all the time. And you can see that people walk by You see you know, see a guy with a nice watch and put together with a sport coat and tie and he's thirty-five or forty and a financial guy and all put together. And you see a guy go buying a skateboard. Well, the skateboard guy's gonna be in my team training, but that other guy's gonna be in a small group or one on one, but nobody's chasing that guy because they think everybody's cheap. They yeah. think everybody wants that cheap price. They want big gyms and low price, but they don't. There's a lot of people, one third of your population, that want nicer things and will pay a couple hundred dollars a month to get into a really good gym. But nobody's building the gyms for that client yet. And that's probably gonna be the next big thing.
1: It's funny, you know, Tom, I'm I'm listening to you chat away there and what I'm hearing is, you know, five years ago we were saying to club owners, it's all about the content, it's all about the content on social media and you've got to spend, spend, spend to get your message across social media. Now it's all about the content in your gyms and you've got to charge a higher rate and you've got to give a little bit more. It's almost the same thing really, isn't it?
2: But yeah, the uh you're looking at the chains, they're, you know, you, I want 3000 members and I'm going to have $39 a month and chase all these members and run specials and 50% off and two for one and all the stuff that people do to bring clients in. Or I can open across the street from that and, and have 300 clients and do a million dollars a year because uh, they're going to pay 300 a month not to be in that big gym. They want to be in gyms, likes attract likes. who wants to be in the gym with three, 4,000 clients and all stuffed in and it's dirty and it's just noisy. And there's, there's a certain clientele that's just not been touched. So in social media, a few years ago, content is still important in social media, but it's, it's evolved now where we're personalizing the gyms. Those sites I mentioned are great examples of that, but also the, the, People in the gym itself has to be really geared toward a different client. You can't be everything to everybody, but we always assume that the client we want is the cheap client, and he's only there for price. I want to build a gym for guys that don't give a shit about price, you know, one-third of your population. I want, to, I want to build a gym for people that want quality, and I'm not going to be afraid to charge for that. In many cases, charging more enhances your brand. And that's the Roger Bannister thing is that you know, the first client that starts charging you know, dollars dollars $400 um, per month for a gym membership, like nobody will pay that. You know what? One-third of the people will pay that. And it's, it's, the block is in the coach's head. It's not in the client's head. The, the client is in Australia waiting for that next-generation gym. There just hasn't been a lot of owners brave enough yet to go that path, and that's going to come. That, that, it's a natural progression of the business there. It will come. But uh, and soon, I think next year you're going to see a lot of really good gyms there because there's just too many guys coming to the States and spending time over here like you and Dan, for example, that go back and say, look, here's what we've learned. Here's what we're going to do. Let's see if we can get your numbers up. And sooner or later, somebody will break through and be that million dollar a year gym and then everybody will go.
1: Uh I agree with that, and there's been plenty of businesses over the last couple of years that um have gone out there and charged three or four times the amount than the independent gym owner, and those guys are doing really really well, so I think there's definitely a place in the market, as you said, you know charge more enhance your business uh it'll give the club owner more value to the business when the day comes for them. sell up shop. So I think it's probably that time of the morning, Tom, where we need to sort of close off. I strongly uh recommend to all of our listeners to head off to FireLex 2018. As you've heard Tom say he's going to be there for four or five days. He's running some uh pretty cool workshops so I strongly suggest that you book into those. As I said at the start of our podcast, Thomas Palmer is the most influential person working in the fitness industry today. And if you want to catch up with Tom look just go ahead uh, onto Facebook, Google him, like him, grab his stuff, and uh, we'll catch up with you, Tom, Filex 2018
2: Thanks, Mel, very much. Hope you have a good day out there, everybody. Thank you, guys.
1: Thanks, Tom.
0: Thank you for joining the Gym Owners Podcast, sponsored and supported by National Fitness Business Alliance and Gym Click Media. Find Mel Tempest on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Join us next time for the Gym Owners Podcast.